How do you like your breakfast movies? Poached, fried, or sunny side up? I'm Eliza Jansen. I'm Meg Jansen. I'm Noah Jansen. This is Twin Picks. Fried oh. and sunny side up for the same thing. <laughs> uh, are they? Yeah. Oh. Gosh, I love movies. up not fried or that's the only way to do it well you can have like super fried that means they're like burnt what's the movie i watched recently where someone has an egg is it one of the movies that we're talking about (laughs) they have an egg egg. it's a boiled egg and they roll it along a table and i was like what's that in what is that in i think that happens in the movie for love no it happens in stoker right what's stoker Oh, that's the that Bong Joon-ho movie. movie. Why would why, why would I be talking about that film? Why? 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 She does that to her. Okay, egg. we have to. I'm not going to talk for a while. Yeah. Oh my god. I will think of this. Okay. 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 Welcome <laughs> to Twin Picks, the show where a pair of actual real life human twins and also their other sister make a double feature out of two movies that share some kind of similarity and decide which one does its job better. I know you guys thought that was just a funny tangent. I'm genuinely so distressed now. I need to think of what about this movie. Cracking. We couldn't stop talking about. No, that. Okay, anyone that up. listens to this, if you know what I'm talking about, there's a movie. Where, oh, thank God! It's an episode of Buffy that I watched last night where Buffy has a new roommate and like she really hates her because she like labels everything in the fridge and she okay. labels all her eggs with her name and then Buffy's like giving her like angry eyes so she goes and she picks up an egg and she like rolls it across oh. the table. We there can you start go. the podcast. I didn't ask to <laughs> Welcome to the that. Buffy show. This, I feel like this has been such an egg-centric beginning and like the eggs don't show up in any part in either of these two. Yeah, movies. the only relevance is like breakfast. But breakfast. eggs are present the in The only breakfast time. food that's yeah. present in these, because even in Breakfast Club, they eat lunch. Bagels. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it called the Breakfast Club? Because they get there they really early. They had to early. get there really early. How early? Oh, yeah. That is so At early. At the end when he's like, Mr. Vernon, blah, 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 and he writes the letter. Does it the say signs? The Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. like, That's who decided on the name? Come on, guys. Someone yeah, imagine was if they like, were like, oh, we know. did not give you <laughs> We're uh, not okay with that. that. Actually, we That's realized you are a cool. dork and we do hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Noah, do you love our podcast? Do you love um, making I, and listening to so this So I podcast? get so excited because, you know, our wonderful, uh, our wonderful editor-in-chief, Anthony, like, he'll upload the episode and I'm like, oh, I've got to listen to it. I've got to pick out what parts we're going to cut out. I'll message the group and be like, hey, guys, do you think, Eliza, do you reckon maybe we should cut out this bit? Yeah, yeah, Meg, yeah. do you think we should cut out that bit? And Meg's like, yes, agreed. Because <laughs> I listen to the podcast. What's your favourite episode of our podcast, Meg? I really, really like, oh, I couldn't think, actually. <laughs> well, they're, <laughs> they're all fun. We bring a crazy energy to, to Meg, it. Meg doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> I don't listen to Meg the podcast. Meg doesn't listen to the podcast. She thinks like that. Do you not do like that. listening to your own voice? I hate hearing my own voice. And I hear me say things. I'm just like, loser. <laughs> so I don't loser. listen to it. Winner. And then people like reflect on it with me. They're like, oh, I love this film. I'm like, yeah, me too. But I have no idea what they're talking about because as soon as I leave this room, I'm just like, do all people right, bring that's up, Do people bring up the oh episodes to you and points you made? And yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I have the thing of like people. They're like, elaborate on that. I'm like, I don't know. Like, that was cares? a different person. I have the thing of people are really ready to engage with me on movies. Like yeah. we talked about and I'm like, it's in the past. It's don't want to talk about it anymore. That David Lynch it. meme of yeah. people being like, oh, I've read on that. And she was like, no. That is me. <laughs> it's like, it's not that I, I've, I'm proud of like no. what we produce, but I just don't want to dwell on it because I hate my goddamn voice. Aww. I'm so like, all the time. Yeah. And you no, guys are really smart. I hate everyone. it. 
No, mm. me especially. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, apparently it's an uncanny valley thing. It's like when you think you never look good in photos, it's because you're so used to hearing just like a reflection your voice of yourself. Way, yeah. And you're used to hearing your voice from inside in your, ears, your head. Yeah. And it's because most of what you hear of your own voice is actually not acoustically like derived Accurate. it's bone conduction so oh. it goes from your voice box through the bones in your head so your what you say, like, like what if we could like broadcast <laughs> the podcast through your bones but that's like people who say talk really quietly like at the cafe because I, I work at a cafe and there are like a lot it's very geriatric crowd i'm not gonna lie they don't like me because they're like speak up mm. apparently i'm a really quiet talker wow i haven't noticed that on the podcast i've written notes for myself at the top of my like podcast Ooh. sheet that is like things I always need to remind myself of. And by the, every time I listen to the podcast, I'm like, I didn't fucking do it again. What are they? My main one is just. The top one is you are beautiful. Yeah. It's like he's positive. I'm like, you, you are The main one is just slow down. Like <laughs> stop talking so fast. Cause I need slow to get down, the point out. Cause child. I feel so bad about the amount of yeah. um, airtime I take up on this podcast, okay. yeah, but I'm proud of it. Yeah, oh. Well, Meg does as well, but it's cause she's slow and methodical. Slow. <laughs> That's like Meg is slow. slow. No, yeah. as you just said, like tempered. Yeah. Not no, no, like no. slow witted. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. Feeling good. All right. Well, yeah, I'm going to forget about slow. this anyway because I'm not going to listen to this I episode. Like so don't even worry about yeah, talking. You have like a men in me. black. Like, <laughs> yeah, I do. Thing, like, <laughs> where like, am I? That's in generally my life. People will be like, oh, I remember this conversation. I'll be like, no. Like, oh, we could leave God. like coded messages to each other, Eliza, in this podcast that Meg Whoa. just couldn't read because she never listens back to it. I, I will not be listening back to this, but I'm so happy to be here in the moment. <laughs> I guess you could say I just like love the present. I don't wow. know. Is this just we're me? weak because we're like driven towards nostalgia and looking yeah. back. Yeah, we're just past. narcissistic. We're like, so mm, like Sam, that was such a good point I made. Wow, my oh, levels yeah. were amazing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about these movies, you guys. I two these are good breakfast movies. I love them. Yeah, I mean, they're also we just like, what they are. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, after we're yeah, watching sure. Blake Edwards' 1961 rom-com Breakfast at Tiffany's and the John Hughes teen comedy drama The Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we talked about Breakfast Club already. Yeah. Yes, they're yes. breakfast movies, but they're also both very problematic in parts. That's like part of the yes. thing you talk about with them now. Like mm-hmm. how their comedy has aged is yeah. a big thing. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Wow. I think let's just do it chronologically by the movie that I think there is a lot more discussion about how badly it's aged. <laughs> yes. Zooey it Mama, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. In the words of Holly Golightly, Zooey Mama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's kick off with Breakfast at Tiffany's. Breakfast at Tiffany's is okay. What was I doing before we recorded? Make so let's kick and rip. I found that really funny to talk about breakfast at Tiffany's. What I want yeah. to kick and rip. I want to kick and rip. It's better than um. What's the thing you always say? On your shit. I'm, I'm always back on, on I'm back my on my shit. shit. Um, yeah, I, I like let's kick and rip. Let's do better that. than I'm back on my shit. Let's what about kick and rip my shit. Literally just vibing because that's what I'm doing. I right haven't now. heard that too much. I always I say. I was going to comment that. before. I always always say. Um, Stunning. Let's do it. Stunning. And stunning. I say stunning. 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 And I say let's do it. Yeah. Before we go into a thing, you have to stop I just me. make little like noises. Animal sounds. They're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, <"Meow." laughs> like, It's like an evil soundboard. Human being. 
Um, Sorry. Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's a 1961 romantic comedy directed by Blake Edwards and it's based on a novella by Truman Capote. And he originally wanted Marilyn Monroe for the role and was apparently really ticked off that she wasn't cast in favour of Audrey Hepburn. Really? And this is like definitely Audrey Hepburn's most iconic role. Was Marilyn yeah. interested in doing it? I don't think – I think she was just busy with, like, a million other things. But yeah. he – Truman Capote is, like, a personal friend of hers. And he was like, no, I want Marilyn Monroe. See, it just seems too obvious to cast Marilyn Monroe. She would just be like, do I say Marilyn Monroe? Just then? Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Because she's so, like, flitter-fluttery and everything. So it's yeah. just such an obvious pick. Well, I it's think- a more specific version of the, like – Flittery, flattery thing. You yeah, know, like, I, I think, think she yeah. could have been great too. Yeah, totally. I don't know. I, I feel like when I watched this, I was mostly like, we kept on, this is only the third time I said this today, but we kept on being like, this is just the OG manic pixie dream yes. girl. Like, yeah. like I well, she's so that. manic. Yeah. She's like a pixie. Like the man and just trying to Wow, what a dream girl. girl. Like, <laughs> yeah. In every scene, I'd, yeah. I'd go I feel like things. the fact that, uh, the, you know, the plot is pretty episodic. It's basically just following this New York socialite, Holly Golightly, and the novella is you know, this unseen narrator talking about her life and admiring her in this strange, like, platonic but really, like, worshipful way. And in the movie they've adapted that into being a character, this, like, pretty boring, like, guy writer, Fred, Paul, whatever, (laughs) who she names Fred and he's, like, in love with her and just, like, lusting after her and admiring her from above because they become neighbours and he's just, like, watching this New York glamour girl, like, making her way around the city and being a manic pixie dream girl. Do you That's guys think feeling. she is that archetype, a manic pixie dream girl? Yeah, I think yeah, she's like sure. the OG. I definitely see that. Even just like, I don't know, obviously that's like adapted with like eras, but like like as time that's has gone long. on. But yeah, you can definitely see the whole like trope of man wants to contain crazy yeah. woman who has yeah. independent thoughts well, and wants to yeah. like be independent of men. I was going to say like I think I so attached to that term, the manic pixie dream girl. We should probably like talk a little yeah. bit about that concept. Is. It's a term invented by Nathan Rabin, who's this really great critic who used to work for the AV Club. And it's basically any female character in something where they are like this flighty, like really like fairy-like character who serves solely as inspiration for the male main character. And it's like mm. you don't really know what they want or like why they like this guy, but they inspire mm. the guy to do great stuff. And then at the end, you know, throughout the whole movie, they're typically like, oh, you can't tame me, you can't change me and stuff. And then at the end they kiss yeah. and it's like, he did it. Like it worked yeah. out, he got her. Yeah. Any okay. role that um, Zoe Deschanel has ever yeah. played. Yeah, literally yeah, like Five Hundred Days yeah. of Summer or even like Scott Pilgrim. I think, I think like, like the worst one to think of is like Garden State, like Natalie Portman. Yeah. Like that's just like, the term again, I, atta- coin, yeah. I attach it to like really lazy, like it always feels like I'm like, there's no universe where a woman wrote this. Mm-hmm. But I guess um, in this film, like seeing as it's quite the origin of, or like it feels like an like before that kind of writing of a female character had feels very like a staple. Yet I guess I saw it in, in this film as like it is like a really interesting source of obviously every story needs to have conflict, and I I love especially at this point in my life like a film about someone that is like running from themselves yeah. or just has mm. no idea who they are and like has like in my life I'm very like confronted when other people are immovable and don't like change and stuff mm. and I like love watching that in a movie where, where uh. I'm like oh my god be better like <laughs> that's really I don't know exciting for me yeah I think it's tricky to call her a manic pixie dream girl like from the novella have either of you guys read that the yeah. Capote thing no. yeah. yeah in it like you get the sense that because Capote was friends with all these beautiful like famous women mm. he's looking at her not in this like 
kind of reductive way where he wants to own her or change her. It's like yeah. he's really worried about her. Yeah, and I agree. he, like, really loves her and worships her and stuff and is yeah. like, look at this, like, amazing girl. I can't right. believe she came from, like, such a twisted background and stuff. Yeah. And then, like, it kind of ends on this weird elliptical note that's like, you know, you can do that in a short story, but in a movie uh, they have to end up with her getting together with the Truman Capote character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think in the novella it comes across in a much more sophisticated way it's not so much him like chasing after her to catch her Mm. it's like him kind of wanting to be her a little bit yeah it's almost this weird like I just want to be a fly on the wall like I just want to know her like it's him just trying to know her and know why she does what she does and like who she is I think you still feel that watching the movie like her life her interior design her clothes who is this woman uh. but we feel that as an audience but maybe like Paul isn't trying to do that yeah. in the movie. Well, it frustrates me. Like the there's so many, like I think a lot of the film's kind of problems are encapsulated in that, like towards the end, the taxi scene with mm. um, Fred. Where, where, like, what do we, we just call him Fred? Let's call him Fred. Yeah, it's Fred. All, like, Holly names called, him Fred and he's like, I'm not Fred, you're here. Like, Because Fred's her uh, brother who's um, off in the war. Um, and in that argument in the cab, he's makes so many valid points, which is like, Stop running away from your, yourself. Stop, like, you are always going to catch up to yourself. Like you Wherever think, you go, there you yeah. are. Which is, like, the weird thing with the movie, as you said, with the ending, like, it presents all these problems. So then at the ending, like, the ending, which is just her being like, oh, like, I love you. Okay, I I'll kiss settle you, down. I pick you. Hmm. It's like, what? But that supports the thing that you were damning, like, 20 minutes ago. Like, yeah. it's so frustrating that the movie she acknowledges just, like, the problem, which is that, like, you can't keep on finding solace in other people and you should find it in yourself and sort out your shit. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, oh, but no, he's better than those guys, so yeah. it will work with him. Yeah. Well, like it's the so idea lazy. of saying that, like, you'll, he's basically chastising her for, like, losing herself, herself for, like, to trying guys. to lose yeah. herself mm. all the time and to, like, the idea of, like, running away from herself and, like, leaving a personality behind or something like that or her traits behind and stuff, but, like, the nature of just, like, losing herself in him instead is meant to be like the positive outcome i wonder how much of my issue with it is also is like kind of semantics like there's literally dialogue in that final taxi scene he's saying you we've actually just watched it rewatched it yeah we just watched it and he's going you belong to me and i'm like how much of an issue would i have with this if he said you belong with me yeah you know if it like if like the semantics of that like slight difference recognize like a co- you know, a partnership. Yeah. yeah. Less what like an interesting little like not so I, much. I even wonder like we, we condemn so much like when that line was said and we're all like, uh mm. but then I think you know, like as like in relationships these days, we love when like our girlfriend is like, Oh, that's my man. Or like you know what I mean? Like that kind of terminology I think people like, love. Possession. She's like yeah. people don't belong to each other and he's like, Yes, they do. And yeah, she like completely. agrees. That's like she is yeah. not okay with it. Yeah. I think like yeah. there's a more interesting Movie to be made, maybe. I where agree. He, okay, the movie, like, through quite coded language and, like, some suggestive little, like, yeah. scenes shows that he is basically, like, a male, like, sex worker mm. and has this kind of sugar mommy, like, cougar relationship with the lady. Pink decorator. To yeah. E, whatever. Mm. To E. <laughs> and at, at one point when he and Holly, they're scoping out, like, a rich bachelor guy for Holly to hook up with, I was mm. like, this is a really interesting version of the movie where they have a weird, like, platonic relationship both of them are kind of Pursuing deal with like sexual work or at yeah. least like they conflate like love and money together in some mm, way mm. and they both kind of help each other or they're like yeah. each other's wingmen or something. Yeah. 
Like I, I find that so much more that sweet reading and is sad more powerful. Whereas you can feel where this film is just getting caught up in being like aesthetically iconic. Like it wants to be remembered, not mm. so much for what it's saying, but like how it's saying it in terms of its yeah. like costume design. Yeah, and like, yeah. Oh my god, which is like I was amazing. I was about to say I kind of wanted kiss. to talk specifically to you two about yeah. this mm. because like I guess like obviously in this show we break down like the thematic ideas of a film, like what's the spine of it? How well does it say what it's saying? Mm. I think this is a film where I got out of it this time. I'm not as familiar with this film as you two are. Mm. I really got out of it that sense that this film is about like the atmosphere and style and presence of such an icon. And you two both as kids, I remember like growing up, especially like Meg, like you have a giant Audrey Hepburn poster on your wall. And I just wanted to talk a bit about, could we talk about like, what is it about the allure yeah. of Audrey Hepburn and her as yeah. an icon and this film being really the staple of that? Like, I honestly that's so interesting in history. Say like specifically what it is, but she definitely is like the icon of an era of like this bygone era where, you know, femininity is like synonymous with being like, I don't know, like this, she, like she's literally like this doe eyed, like, tiny petite she looks like a doll. little she looks like a doll yeah. like and even you know it, throughout her life Audrey Hepburn was incredibly philanthropic she like spent you know the last couple of decades of her life just like committed to like her philanthropy and um yeah pretty out of the spotlight working for like very out of the spot yeah and that's really admirable but it sucks to say but I literally think when I was younger I was just like oh, she's like pretty Gorgeous. and she is from this movie that's like aesthetically gorgeous like everyone knows breakfast at tiffany's and i can remember like you know in um maybe it's gossip girl she has like a breakfast at tiffany's themed like birthday yeah. or something and being like oh my god it's so cute. I want that <laughs> or it's like or you know in big little lies like they have a that party the tv show big little lies they have like a based on this like leanne moriarty book um the party yeah, theme they all dress is up like as audrey or elvis Hepburn. yeah so you go as like one kind of audrey Hepburn. Yeah. i think she just like is literally the most base form of like, like in its, like in its most basic understanding, she's just mm. like an icon, like aesthetically. Like I think it comes from somewhere though. Like it's interesting comparing totally. her and Marilyn were up for the role because yeah. they have such different star quality. Like when I think about one, I think of the other, yeah. even though they are but like Marilyn yeah, so is like separate. the American beauty who's like very mm. voluptuous, blonde, like was raised on a farm and like kind yeah. of escaped that obscure life, kind of like Holly Golight. Mm. Whereas Audrey Hepburn, but Hepburn, um, <laughs> she was, she's the child of like European migrants who basically escaped the Holocaust, Yeah, which is why she's so tiny like, and little because she was literally of, undernourished when she was a child. Yeah. Spoke a bunch of languages, yeah, like did very ballet. European. She has this oh. refined air that I think was missing from a lot of American culture at the time. Like yeah. it was like, you know, rock was starting to happen. Teens were starting to be a thing, mm. which will tie into Breakfast Club. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, this was kind of the last gasp of, the old Hollywood that saw itself as being really aristocratic and European kind of being like, look, we still have this refined, beautiful cosmopolitan girl. Mm. And I think it's kind of interesting that this, like her most iconic movie is saying like, it's sort of a facade. Like she overdoes that. And like, it's this crazy performance. Socialite persona. I think there's like a part of the humanity of what I get from Audrey, like without like that much, like the background knowledge that, that you guys kind of have about her informs how I see her so much. I think it was really interesting that we watched this film at this time because I'm having a very weird moment with, like, American cinematic icons. Mm -hmm. Like, 
I'm yeah, so interested. Yeah, we saw in, John Wayne movies last night, and you were like all about John Wayne on. and like Bruce Lee. Like I want, like I just am finding what is it about these people who, in every film, there's like such similar characters, yeah. of course, mm-hmm. and there's such a similar essence that goes beyond. Like, you know, Bruce Lee's yellow jumpsuit. Like, yeah. that goes beyond what Audrey wears in this the film. Black dress. And I think with Audrey in this film, it's something about the idea that, like, again, frustrating that the story doesn't support it, that you go, this is someone that, like, in an era that still didn't allow this of women. She seems like she her doesn't own have a plan. person. Yeah. She seems mm. like this, like, drifter, you know? Yeah. She seems like her own individual person. That, think, like, you belong, yeah. you don't, like... Like, whereas with Marilyn, there's a gross thing where, like, part of that image is that guys were, like, I can possess that yeah. or, like, own that or I know yeah. what that is. Whereas Audrey... I was just, kind of unknowable. Yeah, exactly. Like, the mystery of that. I think that element, like, the fact that she is this flighty, like, mysterious woman has aged so well because I feel like everyone is like, holy Delilah <laughs> now. Like, you're literally just tooling around and having a quarter-life crisis. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I might travel. I might go to Rome. <laughs> like, I have a cat. And, like, I don't know. It's, like... I think back then she, she might have been more kooky than we read it as now. Now it's mm. like, she's great. Like, she's doing fine. Yeah. Whereas for that time, it's like, oh my God. Like, she's, she's all not married. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's so wild. Do you guys, okay, do you like listing those names like Bruce Lee, John Wayne, Marilyn yeah. Monroe, and Audrey Hepburn? Yeah. Do you think Audrey Hepburn is a good actress? Because I feel like I do. that is a criticism that's only leveled at her. Like, you she's not a good said actress. when we picked these films, you were like, oh, I don't think you're going to like the acting to me. Like, yeah. you were like, you thought that I... Because I thought you we, and your girlfriend about would be that, into it. Yeah, you've talked about with, like, how we watched Marlon Brando in Streetcar, the sense of, like, um, like an era where very, re- like, realistic, like, like, naturalistic acting performances start to like directly contrast to very theatrical performances. Mm. And I get a weird mix of them with Audrey where like there's a real authenticity of her spirit in there, even though it still is quite like heightened. Is in it a way just that, her confidence that you like, yeah, she I can tell so. she's like Again, kind of in amazing. This era, mm. There's a weird thing where I go like, what is even a good performance? Like yeah. I go, this is so like, <laughs> this was I a watch shit her. time for American filmmaking, honestly, like yeah. Hollywood filmmaking was in a real, I just find her like, endlessly fascinating to watch, which mm. makes that a good performance to me. Even if I am like, this isn't like traditionally what acting is, I guess. Yeah. But I go mm. it, again, like with John Wayne last night, I was like, this isn't real. Like he literally just does the same thing all the time, but yeah. your spirit as a person and as this figure is, is so believable. But you don't think that's this? Yeah. You don't think it's I completely like, do. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. See, that's what I think it is too. I don't... This is so, like, this is so like basic to say, but, like, I'm not looking at her acting. Like, I'm looking at, like, this beautiful creature. Like, I'm looking... When I see, like... How would you say Holly that? Holly Golightly. Like, no. Bruce Lee or something? Pro- oh, I don't know. But, like, Holly Golightly as a character, I'm, I'm more drawn to her as, like, an idea... Than I am to anything specifically. Like every character yeah. in the yes, movie is. Exactly. Ooh. So I'm just kind of like, mm. how much more am I supposed to take from it? I think you're right. I think this era kind of sucked for like cinema yeah. because of American filmmaking. Hey, what I year think is it? 60s, 60s. 61. I think very early. Wait, isn't that like psycho? Yeah, but like there were still auteurs making it. Oh, I know. I know. Like as yeah. an era, I was just trying to think. I was like, what's in 61? Yeah, anyway. but then yeah. I think as well, like you can really see how. Yeah, if we're talking about, like, the old Hollywood and then the new, when we talked about, like, Vivian Lee mm. in contrast to, like, yeah. Marlon Brando. Yeah, completely. You can still see that lo- sort of, like, theme running through it, like, the whole 
melodramatics of it. Like yeah. when they kiss, they like don't really kiss. They just embrace. And they like, like mash cheeks. They like fall into yeah. each There's other. There's a lot of neck action in like old yeah. Hollywood oh, yeah. kissing scenes. There's heaps of like gasping and like her <laughs> like tearing up her apartment. It's just like this is so so not naturalistic. Mm. But I don't know that I necessarily take issue yeah. with it. It's just not what you would do Does, today. Anything, does it cross your mind, Eliza? Well, I was thinking about it this time because people always rag on her and they're like, she's just beautiful and iconic. She doesn't have any talent. No. And so I was kind of watching for it this time. And I think she was just kind of like, there was a common thing in her performance and a couple of the other actresses and actors, like the drunk supermodel who barges into her party and Paul Fred's um, like benefactor, his mistress or, you know, cougar or whatever. I think all of them, I'm, I feel like it's the director. Mm. Like the way he makes them tell jokes, like delivering them at a snail pace. Yeah, It just seems like a a thing that they were told to do. It doesn't seem like yeah. it's, you know, a consequence of their talent or inability or anything. Yeah. I think all the bits where Audrey just have to, has to act with her face and like, you know, just kind of rant while stuff is happening. She like gets carried away and is so good. And in the melodramatic, mm. like, more sad parts. I think she's, it's not that she struggles. I was about to say she fails yeah, at it, but it's yeah. like, no, I think someone could have worked with her to do something and not made her do it in this weird way. Like, I don't know yeah. if I'm crazy about Blake Edwards. I feel like he. It's like a weird caricature yeah. of this. Ca- yeah. Yeah. Like as a director, a lot of his movies have aged really poorly. Like he did like the wow. party with Peter Sellers yeah. and like mm. the Pink Panther movies. Mm. And when you think about like this kind of <laughs> cesspit of American filmmaking <laughs> in the 60s, it is that kind of thing, like these big but hollow movies that like mm. the humour doesn't age well. But big I, and grand and we remember them like very fondly and then we watch them and they're like, what? Like, what I think about a lot really of these, like the people who like, they are the icons, like their big films is like everything underneath them and what they are in that film doesn't really it's matter. Very papery. Because them yeah. is so like... Audrey in this film. She does makes, carry it. Yeah. Audrey in this film makes me go like, oh, Breakfast and Tiffany's has exactly the staple in history it should, you know? So why and, does yeah. it need the Mr. Yuni Yoshi character? Yes. Yeah. Oh, boy. We just have to talk about Okay. Who is Mr. Yuni Yoshi? He's <laughs> a character played by Mickey Rooney, a white actor mm. in yellow face as a pervy Japanese photographer. It literally doesn't get worse than this. Like it yeah. is yeah. probably the worst I've ever seen. And it's, and it's in it so much. I did not yeah. expect that. I was like, oh, wow, it really is a in lot. the film. Like yeah. so many people were okay with it, put the makeup on him, told him he was funny, like, They're like yeah, we love it, it, scripted it. It's wild. And like then reading reviews from the time, even then people were like, this, this is... will definitely raise some eyebrows. Or they're like, I didn't think it was funny and it took up too much of the movie. It's like, why did you do this? <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> Yeah, it feels like this big, like attempted at like like a name like Mickey Rooney, but then also just like shoving something in there to like sweeten up all the, or even just like I don't know, cast like the beauty against something. Not that like this is gonna sound so weird, but like cast like her against some wacky crazy. Yeah. Like so you can see this crazy world that she's living in. Like oh my gosh, like she's just surrounds herself with people and gets herself in all these different like you know. Conflicts and it things. It reminded me of like the. It's like why did it's you? It's going do for this? the like sweet charity vibe of like you know all these like zany different things. Yeah, and they always happen her. to her. Why? And they literally just like just chuck in a like this random stereotype, this racial stereotype that'll be good. But that yeah, <gasps> funny. I don't know how you would watch it back then and think it's funny because it's not as if he has any he never lines makes any that jokes. you're like okay, like that's just no. clever, screams, like double entendre. He's joking. He just yells. His ethnicity. His ethnicity. Yeah, like that's all that they are like killing you to laugh at. Yeah, and it's got the movie. Uh, uncomfortable and makes it's me, got the yeah. movie um 
like removed from a lot of yeah film festivals and screenings and stuff like yeah. only in the past 10 years or so and it wants to be remembered in like the public imaginary like in like the popular like in the popular imaginary we want to think of like breakfast at tiffany's as like iconic thing if you go to new york you want to go to tiffany's and you want to like enjoy like that we moment when we, we were, when we were we will be posting the photo on our <laughs> no, please don't do that. social media i don't Instagram have eyebrows of us all having breakfast at tiffany's yeah. in which two minutes later when we walked away i walked past snoop dogg and no. nobody else saw him no nobody else saw him isn't that snoop interesting dog. and he was like i bumped into what snoop is dog. with this family taking things away from me oh i'm God. so frustrated I was the one that saw Snoop Dogg. Why wouldn't? Why would he just be by himself? Why wouldn't he be surrounded? He by was surrounded by people. Oh, really? Yeah, Get out of here! Snoop, uh, say your thing. Wow, this is really tiring. Yeah, drained. Maybe he was going to go have breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, I'm sure Snoop Doggy Dog would love to have breakfast. Snoop Dogg Moon River Remix. He should be the the person that owns the house. He should be Snoop Dogg, like smoking a joint off one of the long Audrey cigarettes. Oh my god, that's perfect. Oh, I love that. Okay, yeah, that's party being like, whoa, it's so hectic, and it's like they're just drunk. Like there's no drugs there. Yeah, that hasn't aged well. Either. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm ready for second breakfast. Let's do the okay. breakfast. Yum, 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 yum. I'm hungry. The Breakfast Club is a 1985 teen movie directed, written and produced by Jean Hughes. And I would say it's like the quintessential teen movie. Like this definitely wow. comes to mind when you think of like high school movies, and like right? 80s. Yeah. And like if there's a movie that has like, you know, if there's like a movie with a flashback in the 80s, there'll be a Breakfast Club poster yeah. on the wall. And there are like four mm. rom-coms where there's some Don't bit about like the character's boyfriend or the person me. that they like. It's like, I love yeah. 80s movies. It's yeah. in like it's in Pitch Perfect. It's Easy in Easy A. It's in others. Yeah. <laughs> it's in a, it's like that's a thing in both movies. It's like a movies. big sentimental phase. Yeah. I would argue that this movie, that the Breakfast Club, like this, the song. What don't is it? Forget don't you forget about me? Anyway, don't you bracket forget, forget about, about me. me and bracket. Why would it? This is like the most <laughs> iconic. Be, it couldn't like, be called Don't You. Don't that's you. dumb. <laughs> don't you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's the most iconic. Like for the movie and then became a hit after the fact. Probably, I that's a really good point, actually. Pop song I was going to say... What about Teriyaki Boys, huh? Oh, God, I'm really contradicting myself <laughs> here. Teriyaki Boys going, oh, do, 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 do. It's actually really good. <laughs> Imagine, and they're like, Best trip sincerely, the ever. The Breakfast Club. Sincerely, do, 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 the Teriyaki do, do, Boys. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh, cool. oh, my God. Yeah, the movie is about five different kids who each represent a kind of high school archetype and they all end up in detention on a weekend for various reasons and they unexpectedly bond and open up to each other. Before we open yeah, up about the movie, I, I would just exactly like to... Ask. No, you don't. You don't know me. Sorry. <laughs> I'm actually really going to throw you here. I just wanted to insert with my little anecdote of me, oh. of myself, oh, me. getting nostalgic. I got story. detention one time in school in year nine and I cried Why? about it for like three days. I was so upset about it because I didn't go to swimming lessons. Well, oh, I, really? because I didn't go to basketball yes. practice twice. We had swimming yeah. and sport and I just in the morning was like, I don't do that. So I just didn't take my um, swimming uniform and then I lied and said I had a piano lesson. So then I just went to the music centre and like yes, sat, sat on the, the toilet yeah. and I sat there for like, 
don't know, 25 minutes and then went back and then I was like, oh, there's only five minutes left of class. But my sport teacher checked to see if I had a music lesson oh my God. Out that I didn't. I had to what have a, a meeting with the head of house and I got a detention. And I just remember Did you tell mom sobbing and, dad? and sobbing about it and being like, oh, my God. God, what do have mom I done? and dad know? Yeah, they do. That's so funny. <laughs> Wait, how, what was the detention? So was it like oh, it was after school um, for a bit? Thursday after Did you have school to do stuff? for forty-five minutes? Oh, God. was I so upset? <laughs> I've had like a long poop in the bathroom for forty-five minutes after school and then gone home. Like that's not that bad. I know. I had one but for the so- same reason, but I was such a loser. I was like really judgmental of the other boys that get uh, detention all like, the time. You were the cool boys. Yeah. I was. I, I was literally like, oh, boy. I was like, I'll do whatever. Like, cause they give us tasks, tasks. Like he has to like go through down the hall and like clean up rooms and stuff. And oh, I was what? like, I just and I was there. like, no problem right away. Oh, these guys, like <laughs> all the other punks, you know? God, I hate no. Disgusting. Oh my God. Yeah. I was sure Actually, you were going to ask, me. which ones are we? In the oh yeah. Part? Which ones are you? I wrote that down as well. Okay. I hate that. It's I'm so say obvious that I'm clear. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, I hate myself. Anyway. I actually think the jock guy. No. What? No one's the nerd. I think I'm the nerd. I think you're the no, the emo. No, she's not. The I'm emo not. is like straight up she's insane. insane. She needs to be locked that, away. She's, she's fucking a sandwich. She eats like chips and sugar in no, white bread. No, this is not the point of the movie. Went to teach you how to accept people <laughs> like you. Well, that's like what we will it. talk about in depth. Okay, I need to admit a thing. I feel quite guilty about. Okay, I wrote a note. You didn't watch the movie. This no, week. I. <laughs> Meg, no, no. I wrote a note for this film before I started watching it. Oh yeah. Because I've seen this film before. We everyone grows up. Is with that John what Hughes you feel movies. guilty about? No, what I feel guilty about oh. is I judged the film based on a prior watch because I remember as a kid being violently, yes, violently disappointed in The Breakfast Club. Wow, love. We grew up with our John Hughes movies were Home Alone and Ferris Bueller's. Yeah, mm-hmm. and watched The Breakfast Club, and I it's so weird as a kid. I for some reason was so invested in like I'm so excited on. to see how these completely different people become friends. Like I was so but excited for the character yeah. arc, mm. and then. Literally, there's a scene at the end where, like, you know, 20 minutes from the end where they're all hanging out and they start talking about, well, like, you know, a few of them open up about how they got there, like, why they're in detention. And I was like, what? They're just friends? Like, I did not believe it at all. I literally was, like, so frustrating when the thesis of your film is, like, anybody could, like, learn that, like, we're we're all the the same. The things that we think separate us don't actually really matter. Yeah, and I was like, oh, you actually don't have an answer to that. If (laughs) anything, you just position further that that is a hard thing to do. This time, you're all being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This time, I really believed it. Like, I did believe those arcs. Like, the... You thought it would be originally you thought it'd be a more gradual arc from them hating each other, then like hearing about each other, and then I, being best mates. Yeah, exactly. I originally thought that it was just them bagging each other and bullying each other for an hour and twenty minutes, uh-huh. and then in the last twenty minutes, I'm they give each other friends, makeovers and they dance. and you're like, oh, okay. And they get high. Whereas but this time, I do believe yeah. that like it's not that they become friends; it's just that they like see each other. Yeah. Like my favorite message in the movie mm. is that thing. That is, it does a great thing where like you come to a realization, and then in the film itself, someone says the realization, and you're like, oh wow, mm. of like in the final monologue thing, that's the letter that um, the yeah. nerd writes. He says like each one of us could have been the jock. Is, the thing. Ha- we have all the other I love, qualities. That the I love have. my favorite part of the film is no. them all seeing elements of themselves in the other person. You know, like I like that as a concept, but I don't think that the film executes that in any way because where do we get to at the any end? Anyway, be claimed. No, Claire just gives the other girl a makeover so she just like elevates her to her own level. That as is like, trash, you're right, yeah. Like, sorry. And then they all get high together so they're just and like participating in the activities that the other cool kid is doing and it's just kind of like 
you're not befriending these people for who they are. You're making them, or not even making them, but they're just doing what you do and that makes yeah. you feel yeah. like you can and relate to And they still make Brian write the letter. The nerds yeah, still, the nerds still, still, still write the job. letter. Yeah. I, I don't I agree. agree. I agree. Okay, the relationships do not work at all, especially because the most problematic thing is that Judd is extremely verbally abusive. Bender, the, the, the Bender, criminal. Bender, the criminal is extremely verbally abusive yeah. to Molly Ringwald, the whole mm. movie, and then at the end they just make out. The relationships, like, as in the pairings and then of course the jock again is alone mm. like they don't work the, the makeover the, the the nerd i mean is alone um the like that makes no sense at all and the like the makeover of the yeah. whatever like the Ego lunatic completely so negates the, the function of the film but other than that i i genuinely do get the idea of like like i love the idea that you know bender is so openly like you guys are all like, I judge all of you. Like, I think you're all punks and you don't know how hard I have it, you know? And mm. it's supposed to be like, oh, he's an idiot. But like, mm. actually, he's just being vocal about what like the nerd is doing. Like the nerd equally is being like, oh my God, that guy is such a freak. Like I'm better than him. Like they each just think they're better than each other. Some of them are more vocal about it. Yeah. Like things like that, that I go, the film does illustrate that quite well for me. Yeah. I think the balance is just slightly, slightly off on what you're about to talk about with Bender. Mm. Where it's like, obviously, he is this antagonizing force in the group, Judd Nelson, and he, like, will sexually harass the girls and, like, call the boys, like, dweebs and, like, just, you know, be really cruel to everyone. Mm. And as the movie goes on, like, it opens up and it's like, it's because he's projecting because he's abused too. But I think for too long, like John Hughes holds a little bit too long on the comedy of yeah. Bender being really cruel yeah. and being like, ha, 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 man, like imagine saying this to your teacher. How wild would that be, bro? And it's like I bet some high school kids did see this and thought he was really dope. And it's like I think the like probably one of the most telling scenes with him is where the t- principal or vice principal or whatever is like, if you do something you? wrong, or uh, yeah, but I was going to say when he's like, oh, if you do something wrong, I'll give you another detention. And he keep Bender because he's up. so self-destructive and like wants to hurt himself. Mm. He like keeps pushing the envelope and ends up with like seven months mm. of detentions mm. or whatever. And he like cannot help himself from hurting himself or yeah. whatever. Mm. And it's like, if that had happened a little bit earlier and he hadn't continued to be a dick for so long past that. Yeah. I feel like that transition into them really knowing each other and being friends as a group yeah, could I have think happened in a more organic way. Organically, yeah. I think that is probably one of the most interesting, like, moments in the film. Yeah. That and the the relationship between Claire and the jock. What's his name? Andrew. Well, Andrew, yeah. That they – you can tell, like, they're in the same circles but they're not really friends. Like, they sort mm. of talk about the people that they know, like – they're talking about a party they're friends, going about to. a party they're going to or whatever, yeah. but you can tell there's that distance. I think that best reflects for me the whole like social system in high school, or, like the hierarchy and how they're trying to paint it in the film. Like they're trying to sort of be like, you know, these are these people and this is how we class everyone. And that best illustrates it for me. But I don't know that the payoff is that big. Like I don't know that I I think that there's enough of an arc that we get. Like it doesn't feel fluid enough for me it feels really mm. yeah, yeah stunted in how we get to these friendships or these like yeah reported there's friendships. a really really long scene where they're all sitting on the ground in the yeah. library where, where they're, they're doing detention mm. and i think it must go for like 10 or 15 minutes yeah. where it's just them it's each of them has a moment where they break down and cry yeah about why they're in detention about why their lives are fucked up why maybe they're not as privileged as other kids see them as being yeah even though these are white kids but whatever but um and 
that I think is pretty bold, like in a movie for like teens to just stick a camera in between teens and make them be really horribly honest amongst each other. But after that, it's like that healed all wounds. And like I think the most cutting thing in that whole discussion is like they all have really shocking stuff to say about their lives. But after opening up and stuff, they kind of admit to each other, like, I think Claire is the one that says it and everyone, like, really screams at her for it. But she's like, We're not this gonna isn't going to change anything. Yeah. Like, on Monday morning at school, yeah. I'm not going to talk to the nerd. Like, and you can't forget that throughout the rest of the movie when they're doing, like, a happy, cool dance. Yeah. Like, I agree that, like, so there's sad. so many times where, like, you just get frustrated because the film goes, like, oh, the problem is big, isn't it? We don't have an answer for it. And it takes, like, the funny, jokey way out. Mm-hmm. But I go, like... I think I had all my problems with this and experience and the first time I watched it. And I had such a surprising viewing where like... So now you're just like, oh, The, the spirit of this film and its place in history finally makes sense to me. It really, really? does in the sense that like I go, there's a great part of Molly Ringwald's... Um, I'm not sure if it'll be anyone's triplet in the attic, but Molly Ringwald wrote an amazing like for, like uh, look back, like analysis on The Breakfast Club, particularly about the um, sexual assault in it. Uh and she talks about how, like, important it is to remember that, like, Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink and Sixteen Candles are all, like, before this, teen movies were, like, te- like they were made for TV movies on, like, Lifetime and stuff. And mm. they were always written by old people. And, like... And warned against You get like, the sense things. that... Like, I love any film whose message is, like, everybody's actually really weird. Like, mm-hmm. I love that the film's about that, like, all oh these God, people have some, like, quirky. social... No, I mean, like, you know, like, whenever... It's so you, random. Like, we say, like, oh, that person's so cool, whatever. Yeah, and everyone has some social, mm. like, uh, exterior image. And the film's just about, like... I love that idea that, like, let's really genuinely speak to teens that are, like, I am so fucking scared and, like, I hate myself and I hate this about me and this about me but like I pretend to be this thing on the outside and I just really thought I would be like I bet a lot of people felt really really seen by this film Mm -hmm. and that's what Molly Ringwald's piece is about she had like you know black she said like I had black young black girls come up to me all the time and being like breakfast club changed my life and she's like there's no black people in the film and she's like I know and like I obviously have grown up being disappointed in that but at the same time no film made me feel like it would be okay that I was different yeah. and like I had good like good things in my life and bad things in my life. Yeah. Like the Breakfast Club did. I think when The Breakfast Club feels really honest and like it's speaking to how tricky it is to be a teenager, it like absolutely works. And oh, yeah. it makes up for like some of the movie's ugliness and almost kind of owns it and makes it like a feature rather than a bug. Yeah. Like the fact that the movie is kind of messy and has all these, like, the scene where they're just whistling together. It's like, this is very episodic and could have been just, like, improv on the day yeah. or something. Yeah. But the randomness, I think, adds to it and makes it be like, yeah, this could be a day in your life. That's what I mean. I really just got it as a staple this time. Aww. I'm like, I don't want it to go anywhere. I loved it. Can we talk about this film has no idea how weed works? <laughs> Not that we would know. <laughs> yeah, they all get high and, like, it's like, they're like, this one will be laughy. This one will be talky. This <laughs> guy, like, yeah. Emilio Estevez, like, breaks glass by screaming. Yeah. Like, he's like, what? He's like, something else. He did, like, coke while they weren't watching. He's just, like, going like, coke like, <laughs> Also, how satisfying the colour coding of their costumes yeah, is. Yeah, that's like, really oh, satisfying. Yes, when they're all sitting together, it's like, Come yes, through that costume. you are Such red, a good group costume. You are pink. Yeah. Amazing. And it's lucky that they're all good dancers for that, like, final 
passing. Well, have you? Wait, there's that anecdote is such a thing. It's like Molly Ringwald was supposed to dance by herself, and then she got embarrassed. So Aww. all the cast just joined in, and then they happened to oh, include really? it. You, you're have you never heard on this? Breakfast Club? No, I just I, I do you, don't so like do you Molly Ringwald. You... It's just a Molly Ringwald Why? thing. Why? What? Oh, no way. I've always I've always felt I just don't connect. Wow. There's a real. Yeah. Well, I think she's really relatable. I don't. I don't think so. Do you I think know? she's like the muse I find of her very flat. So cool. I get it, mm. but I, I, like, I know that that's what she's supposed to be. But I just find her flat. I don't know. Oh, that so that's a teen. That's what teens like. Did you know oh, sorry, Nicolas Cage was meant to be Bender? Oh, I love that. He would have been so good. That? Wow. That is but also riotous. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's so scary. Yeah. I feel like he would have thrown off the balance of the movie, kind of, because he's so much energy. Yeah, like we don't need uh, any more. I'm from trying Esquires. to picture it. Don't like it. Wow. Well, what did Judd Nelson do after this? I feel like it's a kind of role where you just yeah. everyone sees you as Bender. I think so. It's like everyone, everyone's like Bender's the cool one. Everyone wants to be Bender. It's like he the creepiest. Well, one. it's like <laughs> in the movie when the principal's like, everyone thinks Bender's so cool, huh? Well, let's see where he is in 30 years time. And I was like, ooh, oh. that's kind of like with the actor as well. I'm like, what are you doing, Judd Nelson? <laughs> I also just want to like, I feel like we can move on to comparing these movies. But mm-hmm. what do you think? If someone made Breakfast Club 2020, which someone fucking will, mm. what That's clicks so would each child be? Like, how would they have changed? Oh, right. Like, what niche would everyone I know. Be? I feel like I have a solid. Is Wait, there some like, sort of, like, I anime boy thing? Yes. I think yeah. Allison Waifu. would be, like, a weeb girl and wear, like, cat ears to school. Yeah. And, like, go up to people and be like, meow, and they're like, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> okay, and then great, who are the others? Claire like, would be, like, an influencer, yeah. obviously. Oh, easy. Yeah. What's the, sp- the jock guy? Sporty That's kind of the same, isn't it? No, but also could be like a really good like gamer or something. He's an esports oh player. Like an e-sports. <laughs> no, that's no. the nerd. No, no. I think because nerds nerd. like run everything now. I feel like that's just like what people are. The nerd is the cool guy. Yes. The nerd is. Like I honestly think so. The, next, like, the nerd's got a um like a tech startup like <laughs> that he's working <laughs> on during detention. <laughs> oh my god. No, okay, that's maybe definitely. the jock is like now like kind of like a like e-bot. No, no, I don't know. Like. Like Timothy Chalamet in Lady Bird. Oh my god, this would happen. Like that kind of douchey guy. Like, do you get me? Shit, I'm really thinking, who's yeah. the who's the um teacher? I'm trying to think. It's like Seth Rogen or something. Them? Some like Molly Ringwald should play him. Her, yeah. No, but you want us to be a dick. Uh, I wouldn't buy that. Old. What about Judd. Matthew Broderick? Because it's like Ferris Bueller and he like grew that's up in his He's done that. That's exclusively his career in now. Election. He's playing principles because it's like, well. get it? He used to be Ferris Bueller. <laughs> he did that role in election actually. Yeah. yeah. Good oh, well. That's like the whole joke. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well. Yeah. And Bender would be like, all right or something. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe all right breakfast at tiffany's versus breakfast club like we just chose this combo because breakfast but i I love when we like pick two movies and they accidentally like we end up seeing all these cool correlations that's what i mean i think with this one i found lots of things i think we already talked about both of them have humor that does not look great in 2019. Like yep. in Breakfast Club, they use a lot of like homophobic slurs. Yeah, That's fun yeah. and edgy. Both of them work best when they're honest, either through the screenplay or through like that, like letting the actors' authenticity yeah. and honesty come through. Mm. I and think I that's think, their strength. Yeah, and both movies really rely on like archetypes. Like the Breakfast Club, obviously, yeah. like from the poster to how they have like little that's nicknames like the for point. each character. Yeah. 
like the characters only get named like 30 minutes in. Like they only say, mm. hi, I'm Claire. I'm well, This whole episode, really I've just been like the jock, the nerd. Yeah. The, mm. And Breakfast at Tiffany's has the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, like this like iconic kind of unreal, unattainable character. And I think both of them also juggle with the idea of like how do we return to these films that have so many important yeah. staples in them that have made them iconic whilst they're also extremely problematic now and how yeah. do you like mm. pick and choose and do you deserve to pick and choose? Because I think there's a big argument for films in history that it's like picking and choosing isn't worth it yes. for that. But yeah, I don't yeah. see I don't see with with either of these I go like the reward is more than the risk. I mm. it kind of drives me nuts. Like I like talking about it on this podcast. But it kind of irritates me this discussion that whenever a movie whenever someone watches like Rashomon or like <laughs> some freaking like Frank Capra movie, anything old, people be like, it actually holds up really well. And it's like, yes, it's a great movie. And yeah. like, you know, you we can't just speak about it in different terms. It's almost. not as if like, movies like die or get irrelevant yeah. or something like. Yeah. They weren't know. making it then and being like, okay, this is going to be relevant for three years yeah. and then I we are going away. It's arrogant to put everything in the context yeah. of your own life and be like, this pissed me off and stuff. And it's like, yes, some of that is like, <laughs> Human rights violations are yeah. like awful shit in old movies. Yeah. But I, I just think it's really petty to watch any movie and immediately like your first thoughts about it are what's applicable now and like what fits your worldview and like yeah. what you're saying, like cherry Like how to make sense of it now, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I definitely get that. Um, I think if we're like to compare the two of them in terms of like how they like, because that's what I'm doing right now. Like that's so <laughs> annoying. It is hard, but like. If we, if I think about me watching them now, I probably do have an easier time watching Breakfast at Tiffany's because it's so far removed from like the fact that like I was in high school a couple of years I, ago. Yeah, I think like, realism is less of its aim as well. Like Breakfast yeah. Club, you can feel is trying to be like it's trying to be naturalistic. It's, really like. it's yeah. trying to be like, oh my god, this is what your life is Whereas like. Breakfast school Club doesn't it? want to do that, and I'm like, no, like yeah. school wasn't really that like that, or you know, whatever. But. I don't know. That's not to say that it like the Breakfast Club doesn't make um make like isn't a commentary that I can like kind of like recognize. Like I can un- I can realize that there are moments of real sincerity and honesty throughout the film that speak to like just like the state of being a teenager. And mm-hmm. that's quite a universal thing. Like, you know, everyone at one point in their life will the have been a teenager. Each other and yeah, stuff. and will have felt out of it and like, yeah, that weird even like how you know, it's like steeped in such 80s terminology, but it doesn't really detract that much from the message because I can just be like, yeah, when they're saying like gnarly and like dude all the time <laughs> in like 2013, we always said like I say gnarly and all mint. the time. <laughs> the, the 80s you know? thing I loved in Breakfast Club that I forgot about is she eats sushi and they're like, and they're like, what is they're that? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Where did you get that? Yeah, yeah, that's so you true. Eat raw fish. Yeah, yeah. they're so like freaked out. And then it. it's like, sorry, like random crazy lady. She ate. White bread, sugar, sandwich. and chips, and smash the and chip. smash them. Freak off! She should not be the worst character in that film, and she is. She's so badly written. They just so badly no written because she doesn't do speak. Yeah. Wow, I think <sighs> yeah, it's not a thing that's aged that great. Being like she's the wild card, like she's just like their pet. It's like oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, but what does she want? Slash, how does she's she feel? Like presented as like a rabid dog. That they like <laughs> yeah, put and then a they're like, on. oh, we tamed her. Look how pretty <laughs> yeah. she is. So that now you're ready to kiss the boy. Everyone yeah. is like, we learnt how to appreciate ourselves and be more honest through talking and we gave her a lobotomy so she <laughs> is good too. She is no longer yeah. herself. Yeah, yeah. So if I think about like what each of these films is trying to achieve, I'm much more confused about what Breakfast at Tiffany's is trying to say 
as opposed that's to that's true. Versus we fun. should return. Yeah, what are they both trying to trying to say? Yeah. I feel like there's more. Uh, I feel like both speak to being authentic to like yourself, like mm. in an interesting mm. way. I and think Breakfast at Tiffany is that kind of comes about in the like that kind of slowly seeps through towards the end. Whereas it's more so for me, it's like a really interesting character study for a yeah. lot of it. Mm. Whereas what I was thinking then with Breakfast Club is like. We also, I think, something that factors into our decision is like historical significance or like how important it is, what trends did it set. And I go, Breakfast Club started a trend of like teen movies, but all the teen movies, I think about the focus of them all, and it's a lot of it's like love and like teen romance. And I'm like, the most interesting thing to talk about when you're a teenager is feeling like you're fucking alone and feeling like, who am I? Who the fuck am I? Like, no one's like me. And I'm like, Really, it's pretty interesting to me that, like, I think what makes it such a great film is lots of imitators that completely miss the point. Mm. And, like, yeah, that really stood out to me this time. Whereas, yeah, Breakfast at Tiffany's, I feel like I'm imposing a lot of my appreciation for a character that's lost. And, like, like, oh, that's so hard, especially when there's no answer given in the film. So I go, Uh, like, oh, maybe you didn't care about that as much as I did. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, anything that you're bringing, any reading that you're having of Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's kind of like they didn't know, care as much as I do. They didn't really care. Like that <laughs> is like read your as reading. As you want. Yeah, you can. Oh, but yeah. that's with anything. Like yeah. you never know what. It's like, present anyone's... though. I do think it's present. I think with a lot of like older films now, like with, with the John Wayne films we saw yesterday, I go like the thematic ideas present there aren't as like uh, fully like developed as I'd like them to be. But the yeah. presence there makes me go. I'm not just. Imp- I know that I'm not just pretending. I'm not this is what a film's I'm not about. Making up this reading. Yeah. I'd I rather. Guess, yeah. I'd rather like guess at what the meaning is than be spoon handed it. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's true. Yeah, that's if there's true. a choice or anything. And um, yeah, we can never know what like how they intended it. Yeah, I think oh, what you were saying before now about like characters like trying to find themselves, or whatever. I think that's actually a similarity between the Breakfast movie. Yeah, like, both are kind of about arrested development and like pulling totally like, a lightly. Show. Yeah, man. I mean, it was arrested hmm. development. <laughs> yeah, pretty relevant. Sorry, go on. Um, like Holly Golightly, she was like a child bride and now she's alone in a city and she's kind of like this really glamorous version of like a woman child, girl yeah, child. Yeah, she's a sweet orphan. And it's like, will she grow out of adolescence and like commit to something and be an adult? Yeah. And in both movies, the answer is kind of like for all the characters, like, yes, they will grow on to do something else. And yeah. I feel sad about all those answers. <laughs> I'm like, no. But also <laughs> in both films, it's kind of like, oh, maybe not with if we're not with the literal ending of Breakfast at Tiffany's, but it is kind of like, yeah, the like adult world or the, like the f- sophisticated choices are not as sophisticated as they yeah. may seem. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, think, I I know where where I'm leaning towards yeah. just based on like the actual viewing experience itself, like watching it, how I was feeling like after the fact, it, you know, th- reflecting on both of these films, I like I'm feeling very, I don't know, torn about like what they're both trying to say. All, like what's your favorite thing in both of these films? What's the mm, big thing yeah. you take away? Like, cause I'm kind of going like, I have so many thoughts on both of them in lots of ways. What's the thing of someone if you're at a party and someone's like, oh, I listened to your Breakfast Tiffany's episode, blah, 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 blah. Like yeah. the thing that you'll say about both of them. Uh, wow. Uh, uh, Probably about what you like. This, this is very superficial, but yeah, like Breakfast at Tiffany's is just beautiful Same. and iconic in its imagery. Right? Atmosphere, and then, sensibility. Yeah, like and then. Um, delicate sensibility. That's amazing. <laughs> that's that's cool. such an amazing thing to say. <laughs> and then the Breakfast Club is, it's, it's 
like the message that it conveys to like I think yeah. when it does it well. and it's it's um status as like you know it's notoriety it's it's placed in history as right. like the first of its kind in this genre of like cool. teen coming of age that wasn't like you know warning against you know like rebel without a cause or like, that wasn't just a sex this. comedy yeah yeah, yeah. like this that this message yeah. is much more um, mm. Rich. Like, can you imagine like Porky's comes out? Like, with, and <laughs> we talk like, about Porky's way too much. We need to just watch Porky's. <laughs> if we're gonna keep yeah, very true. It. Well, I think like Porky's. <laughs> I'm gonna say like right away. Why not? Let's get into yeah, it. Let's yeah, let's do it. Say I'm choosing the Breakfast Club because on this yeah. watch, I was like, oh, I, I was impressed at how much more it committed than I remembered Same. to being about all the ways that adults can hurt kids. And mm. it's like kids will grow up into those adults and do the exact same, same thing. thing to like, their kids. Yeah, yeah, and. I think the fact that the movie is still really accessible to teens while being able to warn teens about that yeah. in a yeah. very natural way, like, yeah. I think it almost perfectly did what it set out to do. And that means it's not a perfect movie. Like, it definitely it's has its flaws. It, to do, yeah. it has jokes that I think have aged poorly or maybe, like, weren't even that original when the movie came out. Mm. But I think it's a lot more earnest than I remembered and I think its goal it's is really admirable. Yeah. yeah. I also am going to choose The Breakfast Club based on the fact that I think both films um, make mistakes in the message, like in the way that they convey their messages, but I think that the message that The Breakfast Club conveys is much more important and sophisticated, Mm. like I sort of said, and it, it has more merit to me. It's much more relatable and it's because it does like mean a lot, this film means a lot to a lot of people. And I think the like breakfast at Tiffany's only means as much as it does to people because it is just like very notorious. Like it's just yeah. kind of like, mm. you know, of an era. Um, mm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm choosing the breakfast club. Yeah. We really love movies about um, kids like <laughs> being like, Parents are dumb. They Bicycle think they're so thieves. cool. Bicycle yeah. <laughs> thieves and like this Parent Trap and like Freaky Friday. Like we have a really toxic like, parental relationship <laughs> yeah. or something. But like the Beastie Boys, is that, do they have songs about hating their parents or something? Yeah. No, I'm oh, thinking of Will Smith. Yeah. No, yeah. parents just, just don't understand. I'm thinking of Will Smith. Beastie Boys. Yeah. yeah. Any rapper is like, I hate my mom. <laughs> yeah, Mom, we love you. This is not about you. Thanks, yeah. mom. Thanks, dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's Breakfast Club for me as well. Oh, pretty clean, sweet. I was pretty, I didn't know if we'd all, yeah, like agree this week, but I- Definitely, like, I had the great thing you rarely have where, like, mm. you return something and you finally understand, particularly with Aww. this one, I understand, oh, like, nice. yeah. a pop culture milestone. I understand. Yay. I just come off watching Pretty in Pink, which I fucking hated. Oh, my God. Um, and What's worse, Pretty in Pink or 16 Candles? 16 Candles? No, 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 don't say that because Wong Duck Dong. Do not yeah. say that. Again, there, there's like a really Wait, insensitive thing in a film. Sixteen Candles has the rape as well, where he's like, "Oh you yeah, can have you can her. have her." Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anthony Michael. Hall. But like yeah. the central idea of short op dolge. Dolge. The central idea of Sixteen Candles I like more, and it's clear from the top to the bottom. Whereas yeah, Pretty in Pink yeah. randomly reveals what it's about halfway through, and yeah. you're like. Oh, that's and a great like, idea. She was meant to be poor. <laughs> like, oh, we're making a teen movie about class like difference and like yeah. the, what that is at school, like a social difference. That's a great mm. idea. Why didn't you not make that clearer earlier? Obviously, okay. and also it's obviously afraid to have what's his name be gay, Ducky be yeah. gay, which also is weak as shit. Poor Ducky. Anyway, um, all right. Wow, good job, Breakfast Club. Ready? Yeah. Don't you forget about our triplet in the attic. I want some <laughs> breakfast. <laughs>
would you like to come to the table and pop out some toast and give us your little breakfasty drill <laughs> in the attic? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So this week my triplet in the attic is Frank Ocean's cover of the song Moon River. Oh, oh my Moon God, River that's so good. is from Breakfast at Tiffany's and I love Frank Ocean and he does a beautiful cover of this song and I just have nothing else to say about it except for that. And that's it. That's I my triplet. I I'm forgot done. to say that Moon River is my favourite best original song winner at the Oscars of all wow. time. It is a beautiful song. It is so fucking beautiful. Yeah. I love that song. Every single yeah. Oscars. It's so it. It's sad. like someone's entrance it's music. No, beautiful. no, it's um isn't it always the in memoriam? Uh, I'm sure it is. Every time? Damn, well it's such a beautiful song. Such a beautiful song. Gives and the end of that movie more Frankie clarity it than well. it deserves with the like two oh. drifters. I'm like, oh, kind oh, of. Okay. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. Yeah, we can, <laughs> you know, we can attach I'm like, it to that. I'm like, close enough, yeah. Um, it is beautiful. So yeah. Guys, did I just Frank. fill it with my triplet? That was really good. You always do. Yeah. You're welcome, bitches. You have like no confidence in them. And then when you say them, we're like, Whoa. We're like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. impressed. Just as uh, a little addendum to that oh, triplet, it. there's another cover of Moon River, which is like, Probably the polar opposite of that one, Ooh. which mm-hmm. maybe is like an interesting thing to check out at the same time. Um, this is a quadruplet in the attic. By a guy called Jacob Collier, who's like a really young, often remarked as like prodigious contemporary jazz musician oh, who cool. does like, uh, is very famous for doing like completely ridiculously sized like vocal arrangements of songs that have like oh. literally hundreds of parts like it's and really stuff. Fat. Cool. It's yeah, it's yeah kind of hard to describe, but yeah. In musical terms. I can see the video for this, and it's that there's like a thousand little videos of him going, oh, singing <laughs> Like I'm really scared. like those musically like yeah. Similar, those. Similar. The Frank Ocean one is definitely better. I'm still gonna watch this. It's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. This is the triplet in the attic's shitty brother that he fucking hates. Like, <laughs> he kicks it up there. He's like, shut up. I'm gonna get out of here. Chimney or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, or he's like on his shoulder or something maybe. Uh-huh. Ew. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like, like he's twin. deformed. A yeah. little growth that like talks to yeah. him. Yeah, it's like something from Total Recall. It's like you it's should quarter. listen. Yeah. Oh my exactly. god. You should listen <laughs> this to this gross. cover of Moon Can River. We move on? Yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> no, what's yours? Um, so we talked about some beautiful films, well, you know, in pl- in parts that talk about, you know, being authentic to oneself, about oh. rebellion. Uh, and all these themes are completely absent in this <laughs> dumb YouTube video <laughs> called oh Breakfast with Eric that we Watched a lot when we were younger. It's essentially this guy, like he thinks he's. It's. I saw a great comment said Mormon comedy. Like, <laughs> it's just like he thinks this is so funny. And maybe you don't know. It could be like maybe it's meta comedy. Yeah, watch it. it and tell us if you think it's funny. He's essentially like, it could be like Kyle Mooney kind of style. I re- it has I wa- that vibe because we watched it before we recorded, and I was like, maybe it it isn't as good because like he's. Like he, yeah, he's, it's, it's a joke. Taking the piece out of I don't think it is. I don't know. You I don't really, care. It's I don't funny. Really care. I, I do. I really it. care. You need it to be. Guys, how old were you when you found out funny. Fred wasn't real? Oh my God. <laughs> it's Fred. Uh, we need you, Fred. When I listen to the ever. podcast, that's what I think my voice sounds like. That's why I don't <laughs> listen to the podcast. I sound like Fred from YouTube. Hey, Fred got a movie. Oh, so. yeah. God. Annoying Orange got a movie. Imagine if we did the Fred movie. Is there a movie called Fred? Fred and Freddie got fingered. Oh, that would be exhausting. We um, need like four hours. Do you guys remember that movie? Yeah, that's a yeah. good movie. Oh, wow. That's Why a lot did of people. Grandma and Grandpa had that at their house. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it, it all came the time. In a tri- it came in a triple pack with yeah. other movies. I can't remember what else. Yeah. 
This is such Weird. niche nostalgia. No one's going to be able to I feel like people will vibe with some of these. You guys anyway, are the only people that Breakfast know with Eric, it's essentially this guy and the joke of the video is he's reviewing cereal and it's <laughs> That's it. so embarrassing. He has some witty commentary it's about really embarrassing. how the cereal tastes like you can just chow, you feed animals at the petting zoo. And he goes, and he, he, yeah, and then he goes, same or We're different. different. You'll be the, the judge. judge. I reckon we could quote it like tots of No, I don't want to do that. Eliza, what's your triplet in the attic? I want to. I'm saying we could. I have the ability to do that. My That's my triplet in the attic for this week. Great. I would say good job, but it wasn't. Uh, oh. Your turn, Eliza. My triplet is Milo cereal. I really struggled to come up with a triplet in the attic this week. And this is great cereal. It was no, cool. you had another one that was no, really good too. No. Oh. I'm just going to say Milo cereal is good. And Should like say oh. Milo Duo. Oh, is that where has white ones? Yeah, that's the one I always get. Whenever we go to whenever we go to Phillip Island, I always get my Lodu. It's my little treat. I think it's kind of like a dangerous treat because it has little sharp edges that cut (laughs) up the corners of your mouth and scratch the heck out of your mouth. But it's really yummy. Yeah, more Miley, 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 whatever. Hey, such a family thing we never did. Where like. A lot of kids grew up like when you get home, you have a Milo. We just never. I did. We used to do that. <laughs> no, but like that you was just, like a staple. Or people having Nutella. I feel like Nutella was too. Yeah, Nutella we was really. What were our things? Us. What did we have? Um, Anthony, stringers. what did you have? We had so many stringers. I didn't do Nutella. You didn't have an after school snack. I had my. The I honestly had Milo more on the top of ice cream than I had it as a yeah. I do that now too. Australian delicacy. Wow. What's your relationship with breakfast? I was going to ask before, but now we're at the end of the episode. I do intermittent <laughs> fasting, so I don't eat breakfast that much. I hate breakfast. It's Are the you, dumbest meal of the fucking day. It's so annoying. I don't feel that hungry in the morning, so I'm like, well, I'll just have a bigger lunch We later. live in the same house. I never knew that you were well, fasting. I well, just thought you were sleeping. I have... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if I'm sleeping, they come in and try and wake me up. I'm like, I'm fasting. <laughs> I love breakfast. Breakfast is my, like, probably my favorite meal of the day. I, I'm really, I like cooking breakfast. That's sweet. Um, it's a nice breakfast. You don't like cooking anything. I like cooking everything, but I like making That's amazing. Eggs. I can't cook anything else and don't ask me to. Breakfast, in like, the concept of breakfast infuriates me. Breakfast is a variation oh of, like, God. 10 things toast, cereal, Egg, eggs, milk, pancakes, like, Oatmeal, avocado. Shut up. And any meal you have Thank is a variation. That, like, you can't, like, at brunch spots, Fritters. you can literally not look at it and just be like, I know everything on it your It is menu. such a, like, Melbourne, like, first world thing to go to it, like, not know where you're going for breakfast and be like, uh, I'll have fritters or I'll just have the smashed avocado or I'll have, like, oh, I have, like the chili, chili scramble. scramble. Yeah. It's like every single place will have the same isn't thing. That and they'll be like, that that's what breakfast is. Oh, and also, like, a big breakfast with sausages. And stuff. See, there's nothing yeah. more exciting Please to me. Please email and get angry at us. If you're like, there's this one breakfast thing you haven't had, but it doesn't exist. This I know it like, doesn't. You're wrong. You know, this is, like, really Anglo breakfast, though. Like, you can have, yeah. like, breakfast noodles and stuff when you go out of the country. Best so breakfast like, we ever really had was when we were in Japan and we would have, like, fish and rice and stuff for breakfast. And I was like, this is breakfast. Rice, Meg was would... really distressed at that and she went and bought a whole baguette and we were like, you're not going to eat that whole thing, are you? And I did. And out of spite, yeah. she was like, Fuck yes, I am. And ate it. Like, I ate it really out of such spite because it was so oh, salty. I thought you were just enjoying it. And we were, like, <laughs> walk, no, we were like walking, like doing quite a big walk to this like site and I would just eat it on the way and I ate it really grumpy. I got in trouble that day. <laughs> that <was> a bad <laughs> thing. What did you do? What? I, was t- uh, well, I got a new toy and I was like, being annoying with it in front of dad. And we had we were like on the holiday. We were in year nine. Yeah, I know. What, what toy know. did you Dad was just like, Noah, stop. And I was like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I get so embarrassed weird. about it when I think about it. Aww. It was really cringy. Wow. I'm embarrassed Can we stop talking now? Yeah. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Let's say if you guys enjoyed this episode, if you didn't enjoy it, I'd still like to hear from you and yeah. hear how we can turn Fight things us. around. Please. <laughs> at twinpixpodcast at gmail.com. 
Or we have, you know, Instagram and Yeah, please Facebook follow our Instagram below. and Facebook on there. We you post, can let us know. I should know. have said, like, we, on, on, yeah. on our Instagram and Facebook and there's stuff, we have, like, content. there's lots of stuff. We, we post some of the triplet in the attics and we have a little poll so you can vote for, like, what yeah. you think if is you the best one of the week. If you want to stand up for breakfast week. with Tiffany's Tiffany's Exactly. Like, multiple times. Wait, what was the... What, a few weeks ago, something Dr. lost Strange out. Love. That we, Everyone yeah, Strange, Strange Love. Strange Love, Strange Love won and we voted for fail sets. Uh, stuff like bitches, that. I voted for Strange Happens Love. all the time. Mm. Happens all the time. And sorry, Rough Cut, you're about to yeah, yeah, gab yeah. on about Rough Cut. Yes. In this household, we stand roughcutfilm.com. My movie website. That my movie website. My website. No, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm one of the editors there. I'm yeah. not the main exactly. head hard job. And yep. next week, we will be... Uh, we will have another guest. We got guests galore. Guess oh my galore. god! Get out of here! Leave me alone. <laughs> We're gonna have a wonderful chat about our two lovely films. friend of the podcast, Mister Indeed, indeed. And we're gonna talk about in the mood for love and in the mouth of madness. In the what of where? In the here next now. Week. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. yeah. We'll see you then. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye. I said. What about twinning with us? Don't put it on Green River. That would have been like beautiful. Stop twinning with me. That one was better. That's good. Because they don't know what breakfast with Eric is. Don't. Stop twinning with me. Moon.